Share the Influence podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Eckes, a serial entrepreneur and social media guru that has an infatuation with all things business related. On the show, we bring together brands, creators, and thought leaders to discuss the power of influence. Each episode is jam-packed with learnings, firsthand stories, and conversations from guests that truly have their finger on the pulse. Stay tuned as we dive into the stories and explore the impact they're making by getting under the influence. financial health. You guys, I am so into this episode because I'm a I'm a wellness girly. I'm a personal development girly. I think all of you guys that are listening are also kind of follow that same wavelength, right? We're all trying to build our dream lives. And we can't do that without getting our finances in check. And I love this episode so much because this guest really dives into financial health the same way that we would look at, you know, our fitness regimen or our diet or the way, you know, what we're pouring into our body. And she's actually created this incredible business, an incredible brand doing just that. So I want to welcome Miss Maya Monell to the show. She's the co-founder and CRO of Navit Money App which is basically a fitness app for your finances, helping you to build good habits to live financially well. I mean, she's not pitching, selling, and or building Navit. She's also the vice president of the Monell Fund, as well as the Vetlinson Foundation, and is a founding partner of a private venture fund called Moda Partners. She's devoted to closing wealth gaps that are perpetuated by a system that is not built for the majority of America and actively supports initiatives capable of making a global lasting impact. You guys, without further ado, let's please welcome her to the show. Maya, welcome to the show. You are just like right up my alley for one of the people that I have so many personal questions for. And I'm just ready to do this thing and get right into it. I can't wait, Whitney. I'm really excited to be here. Oh my gosh. With all of your listeners. Yeah. Okay. So... Let's just first talk about financial health. You have literally built Mm -hmm. your career off really kind of bridging the gap of understanding what financial health is, how you're making it achievable and basically digestible to the masses. But also Mm -hmm. you've created these incredible apps. In fact, you call it the fitness app for your finance, which is called Navit. So Mm -hmm. let's kind of start at the beginning. Where did Mm -hmm. all this start? And like, how did all this, where did all this come from? Great question. Long answer. I will try and keep it brief. Uh, So I actually, I'm an athlete, um, grew up playing sports, many different ones, fell into tennis, absolutely adored it. If I was good enough, would have gone pro and said, screw it to education. Luckily, my parents had the foresight to say that I was not going to be the next Serena Williams. And like, I should (laughs) probably focus on my education. I appreciate them for that. I also appreciate them for not having to graduate with that education with like mounting student debt. So I was able to kind of hit the ground running and figure out how I could like take, you know, like every 22 year old or 21 year old who graduates college, if if they can and can afford to do so, I want to figure out how like the things that they love in context of their hobbies can actually translate to a commercializable like product and career (laughs) for themselves. So I drove into sports marketing. I was an English and anthropology major. Marketing was like the only thing that made sense as you know well, uh, with the co- those two contacts. Fell then into kind of a master's and MBA program. 
and then eventually landed um, as one of the first hires at a company called Bridge Athletic, which is a fitness technology company that's focused on training uh, high-performing athletes all across different types of sports, different types of leagues, different kind of levels of athlete as well. And the whole premise was around like, how can you bring better strength and conditioning protocols to athletes everywhere um, Mm. and help collect that data and use that data insightfully to kind of measure their efficacy on and off the court. So we had a ball doing that. We basically created some of the first kind of like AI influenced data structures to help coach and inform athletes um, on their trajectory and their journey. And through that experience, we started to really drill down on like quality of life. So how do you measure your quality of life? Mm-hmm. What are the barriers to yourself and to your family that affect the way you perform in this case and context on and off the field, like literal physical performance wow. day in and day out. And then of course, attach that to how you earn money and how you build your career in that performance landscape. We got really granular around stress and we really started to get excited around, okay, what are these kind of, again, qualitative metrics, self-reported metrics that athletes were reporting on to us about like what was potentially impacting how, again, they spent their time and, and impacting their career trajectory. Stress was a big component. And as you drill down into just like larger contexts of how chronic stress impacts all of us every day. Chronic stress is the leading indicator of heart disease, hypertension, diabetes, like long-term health outcomes that Mm. not only affect the way we live our lives, but also affect our pocketbooks, right? Those Mm -hmm. are really costly chronic diseases over time that frankly, too large of a majority of Americans are burdened by every day. When you look at the root cause of that stress, Financial stress is actually the biggest indicator and the biggest cause of that stress over time. So we're kind of sitting here from like, again, a performance fitness technology landscape. And I was like, wait, if we're talking about preventative healthcare and where I always thought that like, we should just make America move more like very Michelle Obama, just get more kids out onto a field playing sports. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a component of it, but that's not speaking to like their economic mobility And if financial stress is the biggest indicator on their healthcare outcome over time, shouldn't we be reducing financial stress and improving their financial health to improve not just their economic mobility, but their ability to live into their 90s, right? Wow. So that's what kind of got me very bizarrely into fintech from fitness technology Got really luckily paired up with my now partner, Aaron Papworth, and we kind of joined together in 2019, in late 2019, to build what's now become Nabbit, which was effectively a way to help an everyday user improve their relationship with their money, improve their health around how they save, spend, earn, and protect that money over time. And then, you know, ideally start to prove to healthcare that it's actually a viable measurement and therefore a viable thing for healthier health care to pay for over time. So um, we kind of, we've gone through all of these iterations, but financial health is always at the crux of it. So perfectly said. And I mean, I I kind of want to dive into what financial health looks like. I mean, you really just kind of gave such an elaborate explanation of it, but I think that the way that you're kind of talking about how just our primary care has never really included financial stress. Yeah, It's never really been talked about. And yet it's so prevalent. Me and my boyfriend are both entrepreneurs. And when Mm -hmm. we talk about our stress levels, 
it always goes back to our businesses and it always totally. goes back to our financial situation. And it's totally. the, yeah, it's the number one thing. And I mean, also mm-hmm. too, I feel like the majority of America, that is also probably the number yeah. one stressor. Right. So yeah. 70% of the workforce. <laughs> I mean, and that's, mm-hmm. and it's incredible. And you also have something on Navit, I believe it's linked in your bio mm-hmm. on Instagram, where you talk mm-hmm. about taking this pledge And I I would love to have you kind of just dive in a little deeper into basically, you call it the the financial health and safety pledge and how you're kind of seeking to help organizations. Can you maybe go into that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm very grateful you picked up on it. It was kind of like this grassroots project. Me and some of our marketing team explored, God, I think early last year. Okay, so if we're talking about what kind of the root of financial health really is, right? We're talking about basically your financial security. So the one that everybody quotes is how capable are you of overcoming an emergency of being able to pay out of pocket for an unforeseen medical expense, auto repair expense, like you name it, the kind of thing you never want to pay for, but like, God forbid, knock on wood, it happens to most of us at some point, right? The majority of Americans cannot cover that averaged out $500 expense. So we like to lean in. It's super powerful yeah. because we like to lean in on that topic around like, how capable are you of overcoming a financial obstacle that is going to occur at some point in time? It might not be, you know, your car gets hit by an unknown vehicle, right? It might not be you get hit on the side of the road, God forbid, but it could be you find yourself you know, having your first child and not recognizing how much it was going to cost you out of pocket. So your hospital provider, when you're in the delivery room or when you're in post-op or whatever it is, tells you, oh, well, you can just float it on a credit card. And so then you start to pay only your minimum of your credit card, which rolls you into a cycle of high interest credit card debt that after three cycles of a missed payment, you're then, most credit card companies know this, you're locked into that, paying that schedule for 10 years plus. You become effectively a bought-in loyal member that's paying a premium on the product because you can no longer afford to pay off the balance of that card every month. Right, right. So it's kind of like looking at how can you maintain this level of financial confidence based on how much you save, how much debt you accrue, and how much opportunity you have to protect yourself long into, say, retirement years. So financial health is basically like that component of your healthcare. If you start to think about your finances as a component of how you take care of yourself and how you protect yourself, just like we all intentionally know that like jumping off a bridge probably isn't the best idea, right? <laughs> like yes. if you start to think of your finances as a component of your physical health or your mental health, then you start to think about your financial opportunities and the way you move your money a little bit differently. So there's it's kind of a broad category, but largely speaking, it's around how you, know, you spend, save and earn your money and how that affects all of these other the wheel of healthcare, right? The, mm-hmm. All these other health components to your life. With this financial health and safety pledge, you're really seeking to change the way that organizations kind of operate and how they offer financial right. health support and services. So what does that look like? And right. also, obviously, this is part of NAVIT's mission, but how right. did you land there? 
So what we realized when we were measuring financial health and we were starting to conceptualize like, okay, this isn't like one credit card product. This isn't one debt repayment product. This isn't one checking account or savings account. This is like a larger thing that we're talking about. Yeah. Just like how fitness, you know, a decade plus ago or mental health five or six years ago or nutritional health eight years ago started to tell the end consumer, this is no longer a aspect of your health routine that's only earmarked for a certain percentage of the population. Like we're going to make this as technology allows, we're going to make this more accessible and more affordable to people because it's really all about habit change. Hmm. And when we started to dive into that, we said the same. We were like, okay, we need to build a product that's not predicated on percentage of assets under management or how many users we can sign up for a card. We need to build like those other health tools, a subscription-based product that was really focused and incentives aligned with the end consumer. Mm. Now, it becomes a really interesting use case when you say, we're going to help you, Whitney, save money every month. We're also going to charge you $7.99 for it. There's like, the incentives are not always aligned. So we had to figure out what a sustainable revenue revenue model would look like for us, like every other tech company does. And at the same time, we were having our direct to consumers, um, our consumers of our app, we call them navigators. Navigators were coming to us saying, Hey, can I have my XYZ employer pay for the utility, like my use of this app because they pay for my woof or they pay for my headspace or they pay for these other things. Like the users were starting to piece that together, which was super cool. So we're like, yeah, let's see what that looks like. And a whole other mess of things happened too, all really positive, um, around the same time including Aaron and I, our interest in what was happening mainly with the female workforce. So Mm. we're a tool that's agnostic to gender, but we were finding that horrifyingly so financial abuse affects 99% of victims of intimate partner violence. One in three women in this country is a victim of intimate partner violence. Oh, I just got so. Yeah. So that also told us that if you wanted to deliver on your promise to the workforce that you are here to protect their health, you are here to protect their family, you are here to help make them be the most productive, loyal employee Mm. they could be because you are going to provide them with all these tools and resources. We felt at the heart of that experience was protecting mainly women and it's one in 10 men, mainly women, but you're your population against falling victim to the best of our ability, falling victim to experiences outside the workforce that they could not have predicted for themselves. Wow. If financial abuse is the easiest lever to pull for an abuser, because it's the easiest thing to take control of for another person, Correct. Yeah. then we needed to help better empower those people that lost that agency or that were teetering on losing that agency, we needed to help kind of align ourselves with protecting those individuals. And that's really where the financial health and safety pledge kind of came up. It was saying as an employer, like I am providing as many resources as I can to my workforce to help them own their own wealth, to help Mm. protect their own legacy. Often that's in the context of their family. Of course it is. But it's recognizing that we no longer live in a day and age where we expect only one adult in a household to manage the finances 
right? Like my personal mission has always been to never have another woman come to me and say, I'm not going to understand finances. My husband does that for me. Because Mm -hmm. even if that's in the most loving and affectionate relationship, that's the easiest form of control to take in a relationship. Yeah. And I don't think as an identifying female, I don't think we should stand for that. Um, And I don't think we can afford to go on that way, given where we are from an economic mobility standpoint and wealth gap standpoint in this country. So this was basically me getting frustrated with the workforce. I mean, and rightly so. I mean, when you listen to those numbers and you listen to the domestic abuse or, you know, relationships or abuse coming Mm -hmm. down to the easiest trigger to pull is, you know, the financial abuse. Like that's that's Mm -hmm. the first way I think is so eye-opening. Because I think we hear so much about domestic abuse, but I don't think that, again, this kind of sounds new and fresh to me, but it's also something where I think it's just, it's automatically kind of associated. Like, of course, they're, of course, they're yeah. taking control of the finances. Like, of course, they're doing yeah. this. But yeah. to call that out, I think is, again, just so enlightening. And the fact where I, I, I truly see the problem and I truly hear that because that it, it's just, it's powerful. And I'm, I'm honestly, I'm kind of stat, I'm, I'm stuttering here because I'm like mind blown. <laughs> Because you, I think again, like you kind of can always like assume that that's what's happening, but for you yeah. to say one of every, you know, one of every three women, that's, 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 it's, that's really you, me numbers. and one, like pulling one other girl. Yeah. A thousand percent. Yeah. So it's really, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredibly frustrating. And I mean, mm-hmm. how powerful for you to call that out and to want to make a move and to really make an impact with those that you're touching through Nabit. I think that that's mm-hmm. so special. Thank you. Super is an instant wellness beverage brand created by moi. So good, you won't believe it's instant. It's for those seeking convenient energy sans the jitters. That's right. We put good old-fashioned broad-spectrum hemp CBD into our organic Arabica instant coffee. It's probably Arabica, but I call it Arabica because it sounds more fun. Get super and our hemp extract contains all the naturally occurring cannabinoids and turpentines. We include about 20 milligrams of hemp per each stick pack to give you all the fun, calm energy, plus that true entourage effect. All the benefits without getting quote unquote high, as all of our products are non-psychoactive. Get Super has been featured in Forbes US Today and was named top startup to watch in 2021 by Yahoo Finance. Also, you guys, Get Super has helped me with my anxiety. It helps me sleep better at night. I've mentioned to you guys my whole mental health journey. And honestly, this company was a just passion and project of love because of what I've gone through and what I've walked through with my own depression and anxiety. I hope that it will help you the same exact way it has helped me. So go ahead and get your 15% off by using the code under the influence 15 at checkout. That's right. Under the influence 15 at checkout. As you've built the app, that's mm-hmm. out. I've downloaded it. That's I'm out. so excited to play okay. with it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm definitely one where I'm always trying to look how to optimize my finances and I'm always yeah, looking again. for things to kind of in, impact, you know, my, mm-hmm. my day to day and to make sure that mm-hmm. I'm savvy and that I'm, I'm keeping up with all the top tips and tricks. 
where how does Navit stand out from a lot of these other kind of fintech like like app platforms? Because honestly, I've played with a lot of them. Yeah. And there's also this sense of overwhelm. And at least from what I've seen on your platform, it's very calming. (laughs) Maybe it's the color, maybe it's your branding. But it's, we're about to go through a rebrand too. You'll find it even more calming <laughs> soon. <laughs> but it, but what, what, yeah. So where, where's, yeah. what, what separates Navit from everything else? Honestly, I think it's this recognition that financial health is the key to unlock the key to preventative healthcare. So if you start to think again about your finances as a large component of your overall healthcare routine, you start to think about man- money management differently you start to think about it in the context of, okay, I brushed my teeth. Okay, I did yoga or I meditated or I did my workout for the day. Let me go in and check on my finances. And then you start to think about, well, what does daily financial management look like? So what are what are some of the reasons why we all hate logging into, yeah. you name it, credit card account or you name it, primary checking and just combing through balances? Because it's the I don't know if I can curse on here, but it's a no, shitty I... experience. <laughs> of course you can. <laughs> it's a, very shitty experience. Um, And so what we said was, again, if we want to actually deliver on our promise of changing consumer behavior for the better, not Mm -hmm. just for the more profitable, but for the actual better, then we need to completely deconstruct how we interact with our finances every day. And we need to try and make financial health the easiest component to your daily healthcare routine. So what that looks like in person is we've had transaction swiping for a while now. It's kind of like it emulates a a bumble swipe, Mm -hmm. really, where it's like, okay, these are the last 24 to 48 hours of your transaction history, because we're not going to try and overwhelm you with like that whole slate of the last 30 days. You can go into a different page and you can find that. Yeah. But that's not going to help you every single day. You don't need to look at your last 38 days every single day. Mm-hmm. What you do need to do is align on your spending values. You need to say like, did I feel really shitty about that purchase? Did I feel great about that pur- purchase? Like that brought me a lot of value or, you know, is it a utility? And like, I swipe up for neutral. And then what you need to say is like, okay, we need to reward every user for making that commitment to engage with our app at least a few times a week, right? Like if you're going to really be intentional about the ways in which you integrate Navit into your healthcare routine, mm-hmm. we need to give you something really compelling back. And we mm-hmm. do that in the context of insights. FinTech by and large has not evolved from generation one of FinTech, which I mm-hmm. call personal financial management. Like... Mm-hmm from a technological base. So those are the mints of the world that have said, oh my God, you can now connect all your accounts in one place and look how great it is to see everything on one page. Yeah, it's great, but it doesn't tell you what to do next. Yeah, Ideally, what you need is like, yes, all the utility, you also need a guide. It's like saying, Whitney, you should really go work out four times a week with a progressive strength training routine and we'll check back in in whatever duration of time and you just let me know how it went yeah it's too cool, broad but like you have no idea what to do if you've never done that before. totally totally so what we're saying is like okay you come in you give us you know you are giving data like you are connecting these accounts like it's de-identified and we don't host it but you have it you're you're doing it so what are we going to show you back we're going to show you back things like Maya, in the last 60 days, you've reported that you were financially stressed about 40% of the time. 
but in the last week or so, you haven't reported any financial stress. We also see that you've contributed to your 401k matching plan. Congrats. That's awesome. Here's a badge. Like, here's some incentive. Here's a discount on something. Here's a reward for doing this awesome behavior that's actually improving the way you spend, save, and earn. It's not just, congrats, you swiped 10 extra dollars on your Amex credit card. Here's a gift card to Walmart that you're never going to use. You know, this is so interesting because so when you were first talking about the swiping, immediately I'm like, oh, this is such an emotional connection to what you're doing with yeah. the consumer, right? Like you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're getting, you're prompting the consumer to reflect on those emotions per those purchases or finances or whatever. Right. But you're also, I mean, going back to what you said earlier, you're also prompting a change in their behavior and you're, ha- yeah. you're changing the habit. And right. I mean, again, it's like, if you're rewarding them right. for the 401k, versus mm-hmm. the swipe on the Amex, it's mm-hmm. prompting something inside of their brain before then exactly. their next purchase to rethink about that purchase. And I I exactly. love this because, again, there's not a whole lot that walks us through how we spend our money and how the yeah. guilt or the shame comes after and then how sometimes we utilize that shopping or that experience as something to like fulfill us within the moment, whether we're stressed. Yeah like retail therapy or things of that nature. So this is, I mean, this is kind of wild that you're tying it so much back into the consumer behavioral and also the emotional side of the consumer. You know, it's, there's so many different things you could, I'm sure you could call out in the last seven days, some emotional response you had to something out of your control that influenced you to spend a certain way. Like just Mm. spend, let alone save, invest, protect, whatever. You know, I always have it of like, if I don't sleep well the night before, so we track sleep in the app. If I don't sleep well the night before, I definitely am more inclined to like get the afternoon coffee that I don't need that I, I can easily totally make in the office. You. That you know what I mean? Just because like I'm not cognitively there, so I have yes. to get myself outside, which is totally fine. Like that's fine if you want to just budget for that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's an interesting thing for consumers to start to connect. And what we've seen over time, we now have thousands and thousands of users, and now we're working with employers, and it's like so cool to see. That's so but cool. what we see is we have a lot of users who are like, I actually have never journaled before. Like, I've never used a mental health app, or I've never used a fitness app before. But now, like, wow. I'm actually, I'm thinking about like exercising more because of Navit. Like it's I'm like the awareness. About, it's like you're teaching exactly. people emotional aware or just cognitive it's just awareness. A different access point. Exactly. And it's like, you know, not all of us were like early beta whoop users, yeah. right? Like not all <laughs> of us are like addicted to the quantified self movement. Yeah. Like most of America, especially, just needs some access point to feel okay recognizing that their emotional state will influence their pocketbook at the end of the day. Like, and they need a brand to tell them that that's okay. Yeah. Or just like, just an educator, like just you alone educating the public on like, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, again, like you're right. There's a lot of people that like, I mean, I feel like I've gone through so much therapy and so much professional and personal development that it's like, no duh, but you're right. There's also the whole rest of the masses that, don't necessarily have access to that and or are not attuned to it or have never been educated on it. So this is right. this is incredible. I mean, this is 
this is beautiful. And I want to, I I just love that you're obviously doing this. And this is so right up my alley because this is, I'm all emotion and all awareness. And I love obviously talking about all these different ways where you can really optimize your day-to-day into a life of your dreams and really being able to capitalize on the things that you can do within your realm, as well as bridging, you know, things like what you were talking about, like the wealth gap or just Mm -hmm. women's education and in participation in the finance world. I want to move into you being the vice president of the Manel Foundation. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I I want to talk about this because, you yeah. know, you're a founding partner in a private venture fund as well. So mm-hmm. what moved you? Okay, first off, what is the Manel Foundation? Let's just start mm-hmm. there. I never get asked this question. You've really really? done your homework, Whitney. Yeah. I, <laughs> about, well, I mean, you know, financial health. Is like I said, I had a lot of personal questions. I'm I just going it. for it. <laughs> I love it. Financial health is such a macro that I feel like we always focus on that. But I'm very grateful to be in a position where our family has been great stewards of capital for a really long time, mainly matriarchs, which I think is actually really important. Hell yeah. For us, right? Yes. Even wow. in the 20s. Whoa. Yeah. And so, yeah so Wait, can we get a quick gra- background on that? <laughs> My great grandmother basically established two foundations. One is the Monell Foundation, but they're basically kind of they both coincide together. And the Vettelson Foundation. One Monell is focused on early stage life sciences. Uh, mm. Vettelson's focused on earth sciences. And really, back in the day, especially in the twenties, the thirties, the forties, like venture capital was not a thing. It was actually no. philanthropy. Like the first check in the door was philanthropic giving. And at the time, the first check towards catalytic life-changing ideas was around earth sciences and life sciences, right? It was the the precipice of like what we've now built the COVID vaccine on, right? That yeah. research was happening way back then on MNRA, just as mm. an example. And so she recognized that, like I said, it had been a really, I think, effective steward of capital uh, that her two husbands um, oh, I love her made. so much. <laughs> yeah, they were both they were both wealth created <laughs> creators. One died early, and she married again. And she decided upon her death to establish these two foundations in their honor. So that's why they're two oh. separate and not one endowment. Um, wow. Okay. And yeah, and um, it, they've been really catalytic to again some of the kind of most basic life sciences and basic earth sciences that have really moved the needle forward in healthcare in climate technology, climate justice. That's incredible. Of today, which has been really cool. Uh, and so I I serve on the board um, uh, of it. And it's been, it's very, no matter where you are, I think in like your life's journey, your background, whatever experience you've had, I think it's always really positive if you can look to a figure from your past and your family and have a really positive kind of like North star towards that legacy. Um, I think, you know, I I always, I feel really grateful to have that. I know so many people don't. And I think it's also very inspiring to continue to drive the work forward. And, you know, once upon a time, it was getting people into hospitals and getting people access to healthcare. That's still a huge problem in our country, but that was where she kind of like focused her time. And I feel like now I'm really focused on economic mobility so that people mm-hmm. can afford the health system that we've established for better or worse. And so, yeah, that's that's what that is. And then the um, venture side is my mother created a venture fund that was in support wow. of the economic development of women and girls. And so that's the kind of PE venture stuff that we do. 
So it just runs in the family. It just runs all the way down. (laughs) We're hilariously risk tolerant. Yes. We're all builders. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good idea. Here's, you know, let's bet the house on it. (laughs) But I mean, risk tolerant in the way of like, there's so much mission and there's such a vision for impact. And it's not small scale impact. It's like, like you said, yes, like very, very huge, large initiatives. And I just think this is so interesting how this is kind of your background and your story. And it's led you to where you are today. As an entrepreneur, as someone Mm -hmm. that maybe has been, you know, been exposed to these huge, 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 huge initiatives driven to make, you know, wide change. Mm-hmm. how does that help you in your day-to-day, like in your work? Like, how does that help you being the co-founder of Navit and working through that? And like, how does that impact your, I guess, just your thinking? Yeah, I think it's, a, I mean, it's a great question. I am by no means a mercenary. I feel like that should, uh, <laughs> I'm a capitalist through and through. <laughs> but um, I do think, you know, fundamentally, I think we've kind of grown up in an environment in our family that I'm very grateful for, where we've recognized that impact, making an impact does not need to be concessionary on return, mm-hmm. um, but it does need to align with our values. 100%. So forcing yourself to go beyond, frankly, like the day-to-day, the easy return, the easy way out, the like sure shot in the dark, um, and actually looking for things that are not only going to revolutionize an industry and have huge multiple impact, but also have impact on the communities and the environments and the society at large is incredibly valuable to lead your life around and and frankly, steward your capital around whether or not, you know, you're working off of, you know, something that you're building yourself and, and wealth you're building and hoping to build into intergenerational wealth for your family, or that you've inherited or you've come into whatever circumstance you've come into being intentional around that impact. I think we can know a lot. I think is incredibly critical to like the betterment of society. I don't think we can afford in this day and age to live without that lens on every single dollar we spend, invest, again, save and protect towards. Like who you bank with matters. Where you invest your capital and into what fund and into what company matters, right? Mm -hmm. Where you go spend $5 at a coffee shop in your town matters. Mm -hmm. You know, please don't harm me, Starbucks in the middle of the (laughs) night. But like if there's a mom and pop shop, right next door and it's 50 cents more maybe spend on one less coffee a week but know that your capital towards that community entity is actually going to help the value of your time in that place accrue far faster than just being another cog in a wheel in the starbucks machine and i think that that's just incredibly important to, to recognize. And, you know, we now live in a time when we're seeing this in, I love talking about capital markets could do so all day long. You're seeing that unfold in real time. Like the companies that actually care about the people and the environments that they're operating in are actually returning better profiles and more capital than their competitors who don't give a damn. And what an awesome day and age that we live in for that to be our reality and for us to have the ability as retail investors to choose to align on those values. I mean, just 
just so powerful and so well said. I've absolutely loved chatting with you and I could continue to chat with you for probably the next five days. (laughs) You're brilliant. You're so mission oriented, but you are also a through and through entrepreneur, which I have just such mad respect for at the end of the day. I want to, I want to wrap this on one last question. Mm -hmm. What does influence mean to you? I was thinking a lot about this. I think influence to me surrounds that level of impact. I don't think we should be spending our time building influence in our communities and across our environments if it's not an influence that's aligned with the betterment of the people we hope to influence. Wow. Like I I don't I mean, I don't you can look for me online. I think the last post I had on Instagram was about our wedding. <laughs> we got married a while ago. <laughs> You know, and I do all these cool things, but I think the influence, the influence that we affect on the world is pervasive and big, and you never know who you're going to affect with the influence you have literally every single day. Mm-hmm. T- take it back to the mom and pop coffee shop, like mm-hmm. your $5 spent rather than four fifty-five at Starbucks is going to influence their business and their mindset around you and who you look like in your community. That's just fact. So I think we should all wake up and go out there every single day, recognizing the influence we have on others and putting our best foot forward to try and affect the change we want to see. Wow, Maya, that was absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can everyone find you? How can they find Navit? Drop all the links. Yes. Well, all the Navit links, because like I said, I was on TikTok (laughs) once and it was a dark time in my life. So um, Navit is uh, on all the socials at let's like L-E-T-S Navit, N-A-V dot I-T, navitmoney.com if you want to learn more about us and just download the app. Honestly, if you download the app, that's probably the deepest insight into like my human being. So I um, love it. And you guys, you can find, yeah, you can find everything that you guys want to find on Navit. We'll link it in the show notes. Maya, thank you so much for going under the influence with us. This was so awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy.